Welcome, and thank you for stopping by Biker Church, Wiley, Texas. Let's go on in and see what J.R. Franklin has to teach us today. Amen. Good morning again, everybody. Let's ask the Lord to bless the reading of the Word this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask that you bless this reading this morning, that you bring enlightenment to us, teach us what you have us to learn, show us the things in your Word that you need us to use, multiplied in our lives. Watch over, seek us, and deliver us. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to go to Acts chapter 6. That's Acts chapter 6. All right, say amen when you're there. All right, we're ready to read. Now, in these days when the number of disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenites because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned a multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we sh should have the word of God and, save, and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continuously to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And in the same pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and Holy Spirit, and Philip, Pacharus, Nakara, Timon, Paramus, and Nicholas. Nicholas is what it says here. And of Anacart, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. Then the word of God spread, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. And Stephen fell, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. Then those arose some from called Sanga and Freeman, I can't say that last word there, and Alexandrus, and thus from Sia and of Asia, disputing with Stephen. And they were not able to resist the wisdom of the spirit of which he spoke. Then they strictly, secretly decided Men to say, we have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. And they stirred up the people, and the elders and the scribes all became unto him, seized him, and brought him into the council. They also set up false witnesses who said, this man does not cease to speak blasphemous words against the holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs which Moses delivered us to. And all who sat in the council, looking steadfastly at him, saw his face as the face of an angel. Y'all, that's kind of a, goes around the world kind of, doesn't it? We grow in multitudes. We grow in the church and we grow in our wisdom. And the preachers need help. The preachers need help, and they 
we get to, we get deacons and we get teachers to teach for us. We get other people to help us do our job. A lot of people say, well, why you got all those people doing so much stuff? I'll tell you why. I'm old. <laughs> and I get tired. And I get wore down because one person cannot carry the weight of the whole congregation. And when a congregation gets so big that one person can't handle it anymore, if you don't assign other people to do other jobs, what happens? It gets stagnated. People don't get the services. They, at the beginning of this, what did they get mad at him about? He couldn't feed the widows the way he's supposed to. He couldn't take care of the people he's supposed to take care of because he didn't have enough time in the day to do it all. Now, in this church, we have deacons, and we have two elders. We have three other teachers besides me. So we have the staff to do the work with. But is it important to keep that staff activated? Is it important for us to keep that staff moving forward and moving up in, the, in, their, in their walk with God? Then where does the congregation come into this? Y'all ready? Y'all ready where the congregation comes into this part? Coming and listening, coming and learning from the people that have been appointed. It said the crowds multiplied. When they split the, the diversity of the word, what did the crowd do? It multiplied. How do you grow a church? Multiplying. So is it just my job to multiply the church? Is it the deacon's job to multiply the church? What about the teachers? It takes all of us working together to build the church. And why is it important to build a church? More people need to come to God, right? And the Bible tells us that faith comes from hearing of the Word. If we don't bring them here, how are they going to hear it? Because Lord knows we can't go out on the street and do it, right? <laughs> we can't go out there on the street and spread the Word. I don't know, Polly, you answered that question. I can't answer it. I've been begging y'all to do it for seven years now. I've been begging people to get out there and do it for seven years. I don't know why it can't be done, but I can tell you this. We are going to have some changes. I told y'all at the beginning of the year there's going to be some changes around here, and there's going to be some changes. One thing, your preacher's going to take off the gloves. I'm going to take off those candy-coating gloves of mine. And I'm going to take some of that sugar off my lips that I've allowed to get on there. I'm going to start telling you what the Bible says and what God says. And we're going to start obeying God around here and doing it the way God said to do it. And I said, we are going to do that. Not me. Not the deacons. Not the teachers. We are all going to get involved in building this church the way God intended it to. We are at a low right now, aren't we? These have been the lowest couple of months I've seen in a long time. There's a lot of fear out there. There's a lot of worry about COVID. There's a lot of worry about all the other stuff that's going on. And yes, COVID is real. Ask me. I'll tell you, it is real. Ask, ask Annie. She just got over it. She'll tell you it's real. It is a real disease. But 
my God, my Christ Jesus is more real than that disease is. The Holy Spirit is more alive than that disease is. And faith and trust in God will get you a long ways. You may, tra you may trust that paper mask. I don't. And I'm not going to tell you all why I don't trust it, but there's a reason I don't trust it. If you go into a bathroom somewhere around the United States with a mask on, if it smells like a bathroom, that mask ain't working. Now, did I get specific enough without going into detail? If it can't keep that smell out, it can't keep COVID out. So I don't know where they get this stuff from. I'm not a political guy by no means. I don't go around preaching on political stuff. But I will tell you this. My God can beat COVID. Christ is bigger than COVID ever thought about being. And if I could spread Christ like they spread COVID, this building wouldn't be big enough to hold them all. People get sidetracked on these diseases and the, the bad stuff of the world, and they don't listen to us telling them there's a better way to live than living in fear. I'd rather live by faith than by fear. I trust God, and I hope you do. Now, yes, I know that there's a lot of people out sick. There's been a lot of people. Unfortunately, some folks have died from it. But I'm going to tell you something. I get a little app on my phone on my weather deal every day when I check the temperature outside. It tells me what the COVID rate is up to date. And I figured it up the other day. The amount of cases of COVID versus the death of COVID is 1.2. That's not a very high rate, folks. That's not a very high rate, is it? the rate of increase in COVID may have a lot to do with the increase of the botulinary and the, all the stuff going on out there where people ain't living for God, too. I don't know what those rates are. It'd be hard to figure that out, wouldn't it? But I guarantee you this. If you stand on the promises of God, you stand on the word of faith, and you let the Holy Spirit direct your steps and direct your walk, you will be a lot better off than you would be with a COVID vaccine. Am I trusting? Are y'all trusting me on that? So that's the end of my political statements today. Now I'm going to get back to God's statements. You want to go to heaven? Give your life to Christ. You want to have a better life in God? Do what God says. Be obedient to the word. You want to have people, you want to have people coming against you? Do God's work. Because the more of God's work you do, there's going to be somebody looking to find a reason to get you to shut up. But I read the last sentence in that book, and this is what I want you to get in you today. When they looked at his face, they saw the angel of the Lord. They saw that he was a man of God. Did he speak that? Did he say I'm an angel? Did he say I was a man of God? He didn't have to. They looked at his face and saw it. How do you know when you walk up to a Christian or not? Can you tell on some folks? Some folks you can't. And Christians that you can't tell if they're Christians or not, 
Y'all ready for this? Y'all need to get in the Word. Y'all need to get on your knees and pray a little bit. You need to come to some Bible studies and some church services, and you need to get out of your living rooms and get out of your fear and get back into the Word of God. You need to stand up and do what God has called us to do. He didn't tell us to sit at home and hide. He said, get out and go to the, into the woods and the wilderness, the streets, the byways, and bring people to the kingdom of God. Am I preaching something, y'all? Am I telling y'all something this morning you need to hear? Well, that's what I do, Les. I pick up them rocks and I throw them down because I ain't gonna throw. I ain't gonna be the one casting those stones. I like verse eight where it says, "Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs." Where? Did he do it in the church? Did he do it in the synagogue? Did he do it out in the woods somewhere nobody could see him? He did it in front of the who? And what did they do in response? Well, they well they tried to kill him. <laughs> they killed him eventually, but they responded to him, didn't they? Ain't that what the next sentence says, that they responded? And that the multitude grew? How many Stevens I got in the room? Nobody raised your hand. I'm in trouble. <laughs> Listen, guys, we all need to be Stevens. We all need to stand up for God. We all need to stand up and tell the Word of God. And I said it once before, a long time ago, the greatest testimony you can give about God is what God has done in your life. Oh, J.R., I don't know enough about the Bible. But you know about your life. You know where you were before you met Christ. You know what you were going through. You can tell somebody about that, can't you? I guarantee you can because I've heard you do it. You've told us about your life, so go tell other people about it. And then do something really amazing. Go tell people what God's done since you accepted him. How did God change your life? You know, it's easy to be an alcoholic and a drug addict and a biker and all that. It's easy to do that stuff. How easy is it to turn your life over to Christ and let him lead you? Huh? Well, it depends on your attitude if it's hard or not. I'll tell you that right now. You can make it hard because disobedience brings hardships. Not doing what God called you to do and being a child of God, there is replications for it. I used a big word there, didn't I? Woo, that scared me. <laughs> Coming out of my mouth, that had to be God. Listen, people, I can play around, I can joke around, and I can kid around with you, but I'm not kidding about this. We need to start doing our job of what God called us to be. We need to start spreading the word of God more. And I'm not talking about just to ourselves either. I'm not talking about to the, the people that it's easy to talk to God about. How about some of the people it ain't easy to talk to them about? Because it's not about me and you talking about God all the time, is it? It's about us talking to people that need Jesus. And who needs Jesus? Everybody. Including us sometimes. 
we need to be reminded of what Jesus called us to do. That's why you come to Biker Church on Sunday morning, because you're going to hear what God's got for you. You may not like it, but you're going to hear it. You tune into this TV station or this radio station, you may be tuning in here to hear somebody tell you that what you're doing is okay and God loves you and it's all right for you to continue doing it. You ain't going to hear that from me. I'm going to tell you what you're doing is wrong. God does love you. He does want you to be his son or daughter, but he does not want you to continue living in the pits of sin to do it. He wants you to have a life-changing experience. When you accept Christ into your life, you have a revelation of who Christ is, and you start living the way Christ called you to live, and then you get a hold of that book, and you find out what the rules are, and then start living those rules and stop trying to justify your actions based on your belief and start looking at what God says about your actions. I'll tell you right now, some of these things that we do out there in America today is not godly. It's against the Word of God. And as long as this country continues in that flow, that's going to be the flow of this country. So how do we change it? How do we change it? One person at a time. we got to change one person at a time. We get in there and we change somebody else's life. They change somebody else's life. It's a retro thing, isn't it? It just starts retrofying itself and replicating itself, and it keeps moving. But if we sit in these buildings on Sunday morning and we pat each other on the back and say how good people we are, and we don't share it with anybody, we don't take it outside of these walls, we're disobedient to God. And I read in this book in here where it says if you're disobedient to the Word of God, He will blot you from the book of life. Is that a disobedience, not doing what He told you to do? So we need to get obedient. We need to learn what God has for us to do and go do it. And I'm not picking on anybody in particular, and I'm not calling any names or anything else. If you're called to do ministry, you better do it. If you're called to teach, you better teach. If you're called to be a pew sitter, be the best pew sitter in the church. Sit in that pew better than anybody else. I don't know what God's calling people to do. I know what God's instruction was. God told the disciples to go and make disciples out of everyone. And was he talking to one individual? He was talking to all of us, wasn't he? It's not just my job to go win the lost. It's not the deacon's job to go win the lost. It's not even the teacher's job to go win the lost. It's your job to go win the lost. Because what greater testimony is there other than your story? Your story of God is more, more valid and more provable than anything you can read in the Bible. Now, I'm not telling you don't get the Word of God in your heart. I'm not telling you don't read the Word of God and find out what God's got for us. But I am telling you that if you don't know enough about the Bible, it doesn't stop you from telling somebody about Jesus. And don't use that for an excuse. And how many of us do that sometimes? I don't have enough knowledge. I don't have enough. I'm not a very good social speaker. I don't talk good in front of people very good sometimes. 
got news for you folks. I never speak good in front of people. I can't read half the time, and I can't see you when I am looking at you, so I don't have an excuse. But half of y'all in here are just as blind as I am, and the other half can't see either, so. But it's time for the church to start being the church. Did I knock you off, knock your feet off? Did I knock your shoes off? I'm sorry. <laughs> Woo! I've never had that happen before. <laughs> I stepped on toes, but I've never took anybody's shoe off before. That's cool. No, Terry, you're going to get picked on when you come here. You know that already, don't you? And I guess we're going to have to turn the heat up in here a little bit. All these heads are cold around here. Huh? That's because you got a hat on. Huh? If anybody would have a hat on, look at this head. No, don't look at this head. And when Stephen was doing his job, what happened in the story? What happened when Stephen was doing what God called him to do? Great wonders and miracles among the people, but something else happened. He stirred up some folks, didn't he? He made some people mad because he was telling the truth. And they tried to come against him and persecute him. They tried, but what happened? Go back to the last sentence. When the council looked at him, what did they see? They saw God in him, didn't they? When they look at you, what are they going to see? When you're out there stirring up trouble, and they look at you and see what you're doing, what are they going to see? They better see Jesus if you're stirring up trouble. The only trouble you need to be stirring up is Jesus. Now, there's a, there's, a, there's a hidden story in there, ain't there? If you're out there causing trouble and it ain't from God, what do you think they're going to see then? Mm -hmm. Troublemakers, naysayers. They'll see through you. So if you go out, go out with the right attitude. Go out with the right frame of mind. And most especially, go out with the right heart. And how do you get your heart right with God? How do you get your heart right with God? Huh? How do you get your heart right with God? You learn to be obedient to His Word. And then you learn to do what He tells you to do. And then you do something really amazing. Spend some time talking to the Holy Spirit and God and Jesus and let them lead you where they prepared the place for you to go in the first place. You got me? Are you getting what I'm telling you today? He didn't send us out. He even said in his word, he didn't send us out like wolves, lambs into the wolves, did he? He didn't send us out there unarmed. He didn't send us out there defenseless. As a matter of fact, he doesn't send us out until the Holy Spirit comes and leads us. Y'all remember the story of the 12 disciples in the room waiting on the Spirit of God to come back? He told them, don't go outside this room until the Spirit comes. 
Don't go out in the streets trying to spread your. Don't go out in the word out in the streets trying to spread the word of God if you ain't got the Holy Spirit in you. Because you're gonna get beat up. You're gonna get defeated. And we all know the story of Stephen later on in the in the book, don't we? They finally got him. They finally beat him down. And they finally stoned him to death. But it took several tries. I'll give my life up for God, will you? I've already given my flesh up to him. So I might as well give the rest of me to him too, right? But how you know you give your flesh up to him, Jr. Very simple. I woke up this morning. I remembered everything I did yesterday. I didn't have a hangover, and I didn't have a headache. So I know I gave my flesh up to God. What are you willing to do today for God? Are you willing to listen to God's words and then do your part? You hear what I just said? You have to do your part in order for God's part to work. Because if you don't go, he can send you all day long. But if you don't go, nothing gets done. And he don't send the unprepared. Oh, I'm not prepared to go. Did you hear what I just said? He doesn't send the unprepared. All he wants you to do to be prepared to go is stand there like this and go. That's all it takes. You automatically been prepared because he'll lead your way. How many of y'all believe that? How many of y'all willing to try it? How many of y'all want to test that theory? Go ahead. I dare you. I dare you to step out in faith and see what God does with you. I dare you to. Because either one or two things is going to happen. Either you don't have the faith you think you do, or you're going to succeed. It's that simple. You step out in faith, God is obedient. Sit on your cans and do nothing. And guess what you're going to get? A whole bunch of nothing. I told the story again about the blind man at the gate. And Jesus told him to go wash his face. He put some mud on his face. And he put mud on his eyes. And he told the blind man, go to the river and wash your face. And you'll see. Did the blind man argue? Did the blind man say, Jesus, I don't even know which way the river is? Did he ask somebody to take him? No. Nope. He got up and went to the river. How did we know how to, how did he know how to go? He took that one step, then the next step, and the next thing you know, he hit the river. He washed his face. And what happened when he washed his face? He could see. Go wash your faces. Go out there in the streets and wash your faces. Go do what God's called you to do. And you again, you too can see what God has for you. Every head out, bowed and every eye closed. I've delivered the word. I've given you what Christ gave us to read today. I brought you into this place. Now it's up to you what you do with it. I'm going to ask God into your life this morning to show you what you need to do. And you can respond to it or you can sit there in your chairs and not. It's up to you.
Drop that beat, Bob. Dear Heavenly Father God, allow the Holy Spirit to wander through this room. Allow it to touch each person in here, showing them what they need to learn, what they need to see, and what they need to do. Take us to another level. Let us grow your kingdom the way you want it done. Allow us to be the sons and daughters of the God that we serve. Let us be the light in the dark. We may be the only Jesus some people ever see. So let us be diligently seeking the ones that need us. Father, if there's anybody in this room that doesn't know Jesus, their Lord and Savior, they don't have the first step, so they can't finish the rest of the steps. We need them to accept you today. We need them to say that they are sinners and that they accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. And they believe that he is the Son of God and then dedicate his life, their lives to serving him. Father, these things that we've asked you to do this morning are not out of content. They're in your word. They're in the obedience of following Christ. And we ask that you give us the strength and the will and the ability to not only know the word of God, but to use the word of God in, your, in our lives and in our walk and in our talk with others. Watch over us as we go through this week. Father, prepare us to receive everything you have for us. Bring us back tonight to hear another sermon. Teach us through the Bible studies that you provided for us. Let us wipe away the excuses we use of why we can't do it. Let us come into your house and receive blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing. And these things we ask in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody that agrees with me says, Amen. All right. God bless you. God keep you strong. Thank you for joining us today. If you have prayer requests or need to contact us, please email us at bikerchurchwileytexas at gmail.com or call 214-283-0620. Please send all written correspondence to 303 Highway 78, Suite 103, Wiley, Texas 75098. And if you wish to make a donation, please make all checks payable to PSMM. God bless you and have a great day.